Welcome to the Ogilvy Podcast, featuring expert conversations and analysis of the complexities of culture, technology, business, and marketing. Ogilvy is a creative network making brands matter across 132 offices in 83 countries. I'm Steve Mudd, marketing strategist, talking to you today from our office in Denver, Colorado. Now, the past few years has seen this remarkable shift in the world of marketing around technology. All kinds of new technologies coming in and blowing everything up, digital transformation, digital marketing, digital this, digital that. What we're not prepared for today is what's about to hit us. There's an amazing wave of technologies that are in the queue that are set to change everything about everything that we do and that the rest of the world is doing. I'm gonna list five, we're gonna talk about them today, AI, 5G, mixed reality, blockchain, and quantum. I've brought in a very special guest who's an expert on all five of these topic areas, Karen Canty, account director uh, here at Ogilvy Leopard. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Would you count yourself as an expert in all five of those areas? Absolutely not. But thank you for setting <laughs> me up that way. I don't know how you could be an expert in all those things, even one of those things, really. So, we've, but we've been around AI for a while. I know, I know enough to have this conversation, I think. Because we were here to talk about cognitive business um, you know, a year or two ago. We, we did a podcast on artificial intelligence and, and bots and all of that. Um, and then we, re we recently went to the IBM Think mm -hmm. conference in Las Vegas, um, which was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I think it's interesting to think about cognitive business and AI, where we were when we first had our conversation, mm -hmm. where we are today. Because um, I think that, you know, we were talking in terms of cognitive, which has now just become AI. And I think we were at a place where it was like the anticipation was building, building, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then we woke up one day and it was everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really think that there was any transition to it. Um, I, I really do feel like, you know, it, as soon as IBM started talking about it, everybody started figuring out how they implement it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of where we are today. So the question isn't, you know, what, when is it coming? Uh, when is it gonna get here? Now that it's here, is it really AI? Uh, and, and where are we gonna go with it? And it felt like there was um, a certain amount of experimentation then, and I think some of that experimentation is, is obviously ongoing, but there is a sense of reality to some of these things now. Where you know, it is, it's a part of everything that we do. You're hearing different companies also pick up on the IBM mantra of augmenting intelligence, making people better. Um, I mean, do you have any use cases that you've seen that you like that, that you've seen that are that feel real and are going to stick around for a while? You know, I think it comes into our lives every day, and we don't necessarily notice it. Uh, and, and in fact, I think we become very accustomed to it very quickly. Um, you know, you think about the idea of IoT, um, you know, connected devices. You think about how we're coming to expect that everything is just connected. Um, I think it's the same thing with AI, uh, that we're starting to expect our devices, you know, whether that's our phone, whether that's our computer, um, to, and our apps, to really understand what we want and what we need and what's next for us. Uh, and in some cases, that's starting to happen. In other cases, you know, we, we're finding that um, things are being called artificial intelligence when they're really not. They're really not reasoning and learning our behaviors. Um, they're just sort of algorithms that push information out. 
uh, and do it in a way that they think um, works for us, but doesn't always. And there's a great quote about how, how the hallmark of great technology is technology that actually makes you not notice it, that fades into the background, that just becomes a part of your daily lives. Yeah. You know, I think people still look at AI and the future of AI as Westworld, right? Like I'm, I'm watching Westworld now, I'm totally absorbed in Westworld. You have these robots who seem to be human who fade into the background. You know, that technology in, in that future world is just, it's just there and people are just kind of used to it. And it sort of raises your expectations. Um, I think that's a really interesting point too. When you think about sort of the products that are out there, uh, you know, you have the Alexas of the world where people really understand that because mm -hmm. it's tangible to them. I can ask Alexa a question, I can tell her to play music, I can whatever. Where Watson is not a thing like that. Uh, it's really working in the background. It's doing all the hard, heavy lifting, um, but you're not speaking to it and saying, hey, Watson, can you, you know, play this song for me? Um, so it, it's, you know, technology is different in that way. Okay, so um, I used to work in the telecom world, and at the time it was exciting because they were replacing copper wires with fiber around the world, right? So, you, so your internet connection could get faster, you could essentially build more bandwidth into everything. We are on the, the edge of something that is even more phenomenal than the conversion from copper to fiber. We're staring at 5G, telecom companies across the United States, Verizon, uh, you know, Comcast, everybody is racing to 5G now. Um, it's gonna be the fastest thing the world has ever seen. What? What makes that so fascinating to you? Like, what's the difference between going from 3G to 4G to now 4G to 5G? Five, the difference between 4G and 5G is like going from a tricycle to an Indy car. Like, the amount of data processing that's going to become available and the, the reduced latency of reaction time, right? Because now you click, you wait. You click, you wait, right? You remember dial-up. You dial, you wait for the little noise. Can we insert a sound effect in here? That'd be great. Thank you. So you get the little dial-up noise and you wait and you click and you download. Um, in the future, right, all of these applications are going to need um, increased responsiveness. So if I'm an autonomous vehicle, it's not just about me, the vehicle, driving down the road. It's about me, the vehicle, interacting with all the world around it. I need to be able to instantaneously receive data from the road that I'm driving on, from the street lights, from the other vehicles, process that data and send my own data out. I can't have a lag there. You know, if you have a lag in an autonomous vehicle on, a, on an autonomous road, people die. Yeah, I was reading somewhere about how, you know, that processing, you know, it's faster than blinking with your eye, mm -hmm. uh, which is remarkable when we think about you know, the things that we do every day and, and the time it takes to do things, that we can actually be in an age where that much information, that much data is coming together and creating reactions it so quickly. Well, I think they talk about now also how you're going to be able to, you know, like right now you can do like a video consultation with a doctor around the world, right? Like I can be a doctor and diagnose you around the world. But when you start to embed some of these other technologies as far as being able to 
uh, you know, remotely interact with things, you know, basically putting robots elsewhere, you can interact through the robot. You could do remote surgeries without that lag, right? So, so you could be in San Francisco and the surgery is taking place in New York. Yes. And as the Which doctor is scary. in San Yeah, you could be yeah. just the surgeon and, yeah. Unless there's the robots not a blackout. Are... No, yeah, you got to hope the power stays on. You got to hope everything stays connected. But what does this mean for marketers, Karen? Um, let's hope we don't get sick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so good. actually, I think it's it's a really interesting and, and yet challenging time for marketers. Uh, on the one hand, I think all of this technology um, has so many benefits in that it's going to help us do things. We're going to be more targeted. We're going to know more about the customer uh, and be able to personalize things. You think about the personalization today, I and mean, we are starting to really reimagine that. Um, the, the actual experiences and the moments we can create for our customers, very different. Uh, and we're also able to do things so much faster. Um, you know, we're, it's very, very hard to keep up with the pace of technology, with the pace of our lives. Um, but the things that the technology stack that we have right now to help with our marketing efforts allows us to do things so much faster. Uh, and that means that we can solve problems faster and we can correct issues faster uh, and we can delight our customers um, more frequently than we have before. I think if you, if you look at the complexity of the data that we're going to be collecting along the customer journey, to your point, every every little touch point is going to have that much more data. It's going to give us that much more to react to, to be able to offer people different experiences and get out there in the world. Which leads me to the next topic, which is it's a little bit old now. It's maybe not as fancy and high tech as some of this other stuff, but this you know, mixed realities, augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever you want to call it, they're kind of evolving to this idea of mixed reality where you, know, you could now get the data with the 5G and all of a sudden you can you know, virtually transport someone somewhere else. I recently yeah. saw this, um, this video about augmented reality that they used um, to show different people, or not to show them, but to, to make them feel what it's like in school to be bullied. And so they put them actually in this setting and all, all they show in this video is their reaction. You know, they got the, the, the set over their eyes. And, you, you, you know, some of them stand up. Some of them, like, you, their body language shows it all. Um, and afterwards, you, you hear kind of their experience about this. And you think about how powerful something like that is for a cause like that. Um, the things that you're able to do with augmented reality and being able to put people in different situations um, and make them feel, actually really feel like they're in it uh, and they're experiencing it, it, even though they know they have this headset on, doesn't take away from the fact that they, they are put there for a couple minutes um, and it changes them, changes their perspective on things, changes their the way that they're going to go about their business. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities there. I, I think, yeah, I mean, and you're seeing right now various expressions of this you know, augmented reality. You're seeing some brands who've created like scavenger hunts where you can, um, you, know, you follow the whatever clues to a particular point and then you open up your phone and it you know, opens up some sort of a virtual world that gives you, you know, a brand message there. Um, that's kind of where we are today, right? Where it's still a little bit of a, 
you know, I'm, I'm watching this experience. I'm part of the experience. I'm feeling a little bit in the experience, but I'm not watching it. What's going to be interesting is when you get those two things together and you can personalize that virtual reality right. experience, that augmented reality experience um, in an autonomous vehicle. Uh, right? And imagine the places down. you can go. That's it's right. sort of like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> like, yeah, sort of like Dr. Seuss. Um, yeah, so mixed reality, here to stay. It's definitely here to stay. Oh. I, you know, I just think right now it's, you know, still in the beginning stages of it. It's not, you know, it hasn't, um, it doesn't have the adoption yet because I think, you know, it's it's so new. Uh, but the, the there are brands out there, there are organizations out there that are experimenting with this that are doing some really cool things. And we're going to be able to then bring it to mainstream in a way that, you know, people are going to be able to do good with it or, or bad with it. You know, so I think it's, it's everything that we're seeing with technology right now that, you know, you got to be careful. Got to be careful with how you use this type of technology um, to either really, you know, lift people up or bring people down to be able to do something good, uh, you know, for the world or do something not so good for the world. That's a great segue. So the next area, the next technology area we wanted to talk about, the blockchain. Everybody totally understands what the blockchain is. I'm saying the blockchain, like the Facebook. Yeah. You could just like say the blockchain, social. the social network, yeah. the MySpace. Let's talk about the MySpace yeah. and how it's evolved human connections. The Google. Um, the Google. Let's talk about the blockchain. Um, if you're a marketer, what do you need to know about the blockchain? So I think the block, the blockchain or blockchain, blockchain. Um, is definitely something that's here to stay. I wouldn't say that people really understand it. Um, although, you know, I think more and more it's becoming something that people are kind of looking into and trying to figure out. Um, for marketers, I think it, ha it, it really is going to have an impact in three ways. One, you're going to know your customers better, you know, target better. Uh, and you're going to be able to do that because you're going to have more information on them. Uh, and it's going to be very exact, right? So you talk about what we, what we were talking about earlier with personalization, sort of reimagining that um, and the ways that you can interact with your customers. The second is with privacy. Um, you, right now, that's a, that's a hot topic. Uh, and, you know, I think marketing, um, you know, is always, people have a cynical view of marketing. Uh, so when it comes to privacy, you know, things that they're going to be lenient about with other companies or other industries, they're not going to be as lenient about with marketing. Um, with blockchain, though, you, it is so secure, it is so trusted uh, that people can feel much better uh, knowing that um, whatever marketing is able to do within blockchain um, is going to be that much secure, right? Uh, and then the third is transparency. Uh, and, and, and that goes together with privacy too. Um, but the transparency is key because you're going to be able to see as a customer everything that's happening through the supply chain, um, through, you know, just the companies, um, the way the company is handling uh, whether that be a product, whether that be a service, whether that just be how they're handling their business. Um, and you're going to be able to take away a lot of what we see now uh, in digital, 
that's fraudulent. Um, even though there are some businesses out there that are already kind of coming into blockchain um, as fraudulent, uh, kicking back tokens and things like that, um, but that's going to be solved. I believe that will be solved. What it's going to do for marketing and for customers is going to create a lot more trust where trust has been a problem for ages. Um, and that's a really good thing. Yeah, I, I, you're definitely seeing it across different industries that trust starting to get built in. So you can track you know, a diamond from when it comes out to when it's delivered to the store. You, know, you can start to, start to understand that the goods and services that you buy are validated and you know, have not have not been acquired via criminal means, you know, you're not supplying terrorists. Yeah, that, someone didn't switch out my product or no. someone didn't start using my product. You know, I mean, take like the iPhone, for example. You know, and I'm not saying this even happens, but let's, you know, say that I, as, a, as a consumer, I'm worried that before my iPhone gets to me, someone's using it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I get it, it's a used product. Well, that would never be a problem because you actually get to see it uh, go through, you know, each place from where it's being made and how it's being made, through all the transactions that happen. And when we look at the world of content, there, there's another, I mean, the other application of it is you can now start to track and understand, you know, the origin of a story and whether or not that story gets modified and becomes fake news or gets plagiarized somewhere else or is, or is used somewhere else. So I think you, what you'll see is a lot of these content, um, engines or, or you know if, if you're looking at Facebook as an example if Facebook had some sort of blockchain technology in there you would you would be able to track okay this ad I know came from here and I know I can trust this person the you know, other there's some validation to that um, longer term blockchain stuff but again it, it's not it's not necessarily easy to understand but once it gets implemented it's going to become intuitive yeah content is actually a really big thing because if you you know you will know um, whether someone has taken your content and, and changed it in any way, um, added to it, deleted it, uh, modified it, uh, and you know, and that's what leads to a lot of this fake news, is that it may stem from something um, legitimate, and then you know, as a source, and then they just start to, you know, make changes to it, uh, and then you don't know, you don't know, is that the story that 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 truly came out or is that something different well they've got that you know, of course the other evolving technology in the mixed reality space is that people are now able to um photo basically photoshop with remarkable accuracy you know other people's faces onto moving figures right so you can make barack obama say something barack obama said you can make trump say something trump didn't really say and sometimes those are indistinguishable from reality and, right. you know, and those technologies are going to get better but if you had some sort of a blockchain security layer underneath that, you could at least understand, you know, what the origin of all that was, and we get down to it. Right. Okay, so now we've gotten through all all of those technologies, which are moving fast and and are changing our world. But the most exciting one, the one that marketers need to know the most about, is quantum computing, which is going to change everything. So yeah, and so what um, what's a quantum? Like Quantum Leap. Did you ever watch that show? I love that. Um, yeah. Where is Scott Bakula today? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. Was he on CSI? Did he do a CSI? He did do a CSI. That was good. NCIS. 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 Oh, sorry, thank you. Neither. It's just oh, the sorry. acronyms. <laughs> NCIS. 
They're hard. Acronyms are hard. <laughs> so there's quantum entanglement, which means you entangle the quantums. And what, um, so here's my understanding. Right now a computer processes information in a very transactional and orderly way. It's very linear. Very linear. Quantum computing allows you to do more transactions uh, simultaneously you know, on a single system so that you can actually process more data. So as we're now, as we're looking at all this new data that's being collected, quantum I think is gonna actually help us get through that. But I don't understand how, but I think um, it's gotta be cold. It's very cold. It's actually stored in something that's colder than space. What is it stored in? It's just like a <laughs> contraption-y thingy. And is, uh, I mean, you would think that these quantum physicists would be able to come up with something better than this contraption thingy that they store it in. That's a technical term? <laughs> yes. And, and quantum, like if you, like storage with related, in my understanding, with, like well, you can't store quantums, qubits, I think they're called. You qubits, can't store yeah. a qubit, it goes away. So that also changes your data security and privacy. Is it fair to say that marketers probably really don't need to know anything about quantum right now? I would say for the most part, but with all technology, it's coming to market so fast, it's changing our lives so quickly that if you're listening, you should actually look it up. If nothing else, just to see what it looks like. Because I would like to know if people think it looks like a birdcage or a chandelier? The one I saw was a, definitely a chandelier. So the one I saw was a birdcage, and I think we both <laughs> saw the same one. <laughs> it's a really, really cold bird. It's not good for birds to be in that cold environment. No. Penguins, maybe. Uh, we've, we've digressed. So um, is it, you know, do you think that quantum, at what point do you think quantum will just fade into the background for us? Does that type of process... Well, I don't know that uh, fading into the background, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think we're really only like a few years out for that sort of entering our lives, believe it or not, uh, in some way. You know, I don't think it's infiltrating our lives necessarily, but in some way uh, coming into our lives and having an impact. Uh, I don't, I, I can't answer that question. I feel like it's gonna be the hardcore thing that's solving the world's most complicated problems separately, right? But you're not gonna have a quantum computer in your autonomous car interacting with 5G. No, but think about artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Does that just kind of blow your mind? That's when the robots take over, but they're gonna make sure it's really cold. They're gonna freeze the earth. Or they're gonna freeze themselves. Because they're, they're going to get confused and think that they have to be really cold. No, I think the whole idea of quantum computing blows my mind. And yet, I think it's incredibly interesting, um, fascinating. But I think it's really hard to describe. I think those that are even closest to it find it hard to describe it. Uh, you know, so we first have to find someone like Justin Trudeau who knows how to describe it well, uh, and then, you know, get him as like the spokesperson or something. 
That's right. I, I heard about that uh, YouTube video where he articulately, more articulately than us, apparently, describes what quantum is and what it means for the world. Yeah, well, he must be smart. He might, well, Canadian. <laughs> so that's it ai 5g mixed reality blockchain and quantum i think we've, we've covered everything that's coming in the future no one needs to worry about any other future trends we've got it right here okay so my question to you is what do you think quantum computing is going to do for you i I believe that quantum computing is going to give me a platform by which we can help our clients market quantum computing. Oh my god, your nose is turning so brown. <laughs> <laughs> really? That great I, answer! I, I, believe, I, I believe that quantum computing is going to help our planet solve its most complicated problems. Cancer, pollution, overpopulation, food supply everything and it's up to us as people to actually implement that to put that to practice to, to put it into practice and when you solve at, pollution but are we going to i mean i mean the reality is to your point earlier with with all five of these technologies we can use them for good we can use them for bad we can use them for marketing gimmicks um or you know the, the companies that we interact with the brands that we interact with can use them to solve real problems. And I, I think a lot of that's gonna happen and the world's gonna be an amazing place. I think that's what gives me a lot of hope. Kara, thank you for coming in today. We appreciate it. Thank you, thanks for having me. Anytime. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today on the Ogilvy Podcast. We're really glad you joined us. Thanks again to our guest, Karen Canty. Ogilvy is a creative network making brands matter across 132 offices in 83 countries. Check back with us next time and we'll discuss whether or not robots will replace video-assisted referees in the next World Cup.